0: Lekute Parshas Volume Fifteen, Fifth We're familiar with the saying or phrase of our that soon after Simchas Torah and Shabbos Brachos, the work of Viyakev v'holach Ladarkay and Jacob went on his way begins. Its meaning: A Jew goes off to his path in service of the year ahead. It has often been discussed that the explanation for this phrase, a quote from this week's Torah portion of Ayetzeh, is that during the month of Tishrei, Jews are essentially occupied with the holy things, with the many mitzvahs of the holidays, and the preparations for these mitzvahs, and for the holidays. After the month of Tishrei, we enter into the mundane, into our mundane daily endeavors, and the mundane aspects of our lives pretty much just being involved with the everyday affairs of our lives, like making a living and the like. This transition from the service of the month of Tishrei to the service of the year after is alluded to in the words, and Yaakov went on his way. His way highlights two different aspects of man's mundane world. On one hand, this indicates an understanding that a person's way post the holy month of tishrei is not like tishrei his way when it isn't the holy month of tishrei is occupied with making a living with eating and drinking and sleeping in other words with the mundane necessities of life the mundane does not reveal the internal holiness holiness and when one looks as an outsider one cannot see the difference between the life of a jew and the life of a non-jew in the mundane On the other hand, that same word, Darke, his way, tells you something is unique about the way a Jew walks through life during the rest of the year. It is, in fact, unlike the path of another. It's the way of Jacob, our forefather, which has been trod and prepared for all Jews to walk on. In other words, even the mundane of a Jew, his eating, his drinking, the way a Jew does business, all of it mundane, yet... All of it is different to the mundane of a non-Jew. The daily life of a Jew is a Jewish life. A Jew lives l'shem shamayim, to elevate to holiness that which is mundane by transforming every mundane experience into one which God, in which God is known and experienced. This facilitates our understanding of the connection of these words in this week's Torah portion of Vayetzeh to the time of the month of Tishrei and its association with the words, and Yaakov went on his way, as a description of the service of a Jew post-Tishrei, actually reflecting the source and the context of where these words are found in Torah, which is in our Torah portion, which might lead us to ask the following question. The words in the verse, V'Yaakov halakhla and Yaakov went on his way, in the Torah portion, are speaking about Yaakov leaving Haran from outside the land and a place described as one that evoked God's wrath to go to Eretz Yisroh, to the Holy Land. That then means though that Yaakov going on his way, which is described in chapter 32 in Perak Lamed Bey's in verse 2, Pasuk Bey's of this Torah portion, is precisely the opposite of the Yaakov Halachla d'arkai, of a Jew, after Tishrei, who is going from a daily existence of holiness into the mundane year ahead. The explanation for this is that these words, and Yaakov went on his way, are written at the end of the events that speak of Yaakov escaping Lavan, Lavan, his father-in-law, giving chase, the arguments between Yaakov and Lavan, final conclusion with a verse that tells us, and Lavan arose early in the morning, and kissed his sons and daughters, and blessed them. And Lavan went and returned to his place. In other words, the Yaakov halach these words, and Yaakov went on his way, don't refer to the conclusion of Yaakov's time in the house of Lavan, his father-in-law. Rather, they follow on to the events That transpired afterwards. Therein lies the connection between these words in our Torah portion and the announcement made at the conclusion of Tishrei and Yaakov went on his way. The imminent intention of Lavan, chasing after Yaakov, is that Yaakov was then empowered to withstand the evil of his brother Esav and all the happenings and trouble that Esav threw in his direction. It was, in fact, a refining of Asav, and this refining is similar to the way the month of Tishrei empowers the work of refining the year to come. The explanation of the Maggid of Mezrich will give us an even better understanding of this idea. The imminent reason why love unchaste after Yaakov, the Maggid teaches, was because Yaakov left behind Osios, letters of Torah, that had yet to be extracted from Lavan. Therefore, Lavan chased after him to give him these leftover letters. But these letters that Yaakov left behind are sparks of holiness that were within Lavan. The purpose of Yaakov spending 20 years in Lavan's home was to purify and refine the sparks that were there, that needed refining. So why did he leave these behind? Why did these sparks? Or letters become refined through Lovan chasing after Yaakov. There were two categories of sparks that were unredeemed and in Lovan's possession. There were sparks that Yaakov was, through his divine service, able to refine. And then there were letters that contained sparks that Yaakov alone could not refine. These required that Lovan chase after him. This is similar. Two categories of mitzvahs. The mitzvahs like sukkah and lulav, which are dependent on a person's desire to fulfill a mitzvah. Then there is a second category of mitzvahs, which are not dependent at all on a person's desire. Then there is the second category of mitzvahs, which are not dependent at all on a person's desire or will. In fact, their fulfillment is dependent on a person being oblivious, like a mitzvah of shikha the biblical mitzvah obligating a person to leave for the poor sheaves of grain that he had forgotten to harvest. Had the person not forgotten, the mitzvah could not be fulfilled. The inner reason for the difference between the two is that the mitzvahs that are dependent on one's will and desire are rooted in the level of keter, in God's supernal will and desire. Thus, in our world below, they manifest and are bound up with man's desire and fulfillment of the mitzvah. This desire is drawn down from God's supernal desire. But the mitzvahs that are dependent on one's obliviousness, on one's lack of actual association through das to the performance of the mitzvah, like the mitzvah of shikcha, are sourced in a level that transcends desire or will. Thus, in our world, they are disconnected from and in fact transcend man's will. Similarly, the two types of sparks that require redemption from Lavan, the sparks that Yaakov redeemed when he was there in Haran, in Lavan's home, were the sparks that could be elevated via Yaakov's involvement with them and the desire and the effort he put in to refine them. But there were also letters and sparks that were sourced beyond the place of desire and will, which Yaakov could not redeem through a divine service of his will or desire. Thus they remained in Lavan's possession, and their refinement and elevation was through a different process, through the divine power of a dela and an arousal that comes from above. The name Lavan, which means white, references this holy level via which this divine power, this arousal from above, is drawn below. Our sages comment and say that when Jacob asked the townspeople, do you know Lavan, the son of Nahor?" This is actually the question, do you know the one who will whiten your sins so that will, they will be white like snow? This explains the Altar is the concept of Lavan de Kedusha, the white of holiness, the supernal level of the light of the essence of Ein Sof, light with no refraction and no vessels, represented in white, the only color which is not a combination of other colors together. White is, just as it is, undiluted and unchanged, as is the light of the Ein Sof. Therein lies the connection of Lavan and the whitening, the forgiving of our sins in the future, so that they appear white like snow. Forgiveness of our sins flows from the essence of Ein Sof, which transcends the order of devolution of creation, the Seder Hishtal Shalut. This is the Lovan Ha'elyin, the supernal whiteness, the very source of white as it evolves in this world. It's for this reason that the sages say that Shuva alone without Yom Kippur is not sufficient. It's the essence of this holy day that brings actual atonement. Teshuva is motivated by a Jew in this world and cannot without the supernal whiteness and light of Ein Sof, which is embedded in the day itself, bring atonement. Accordingly, if this level of supernal whiteness which in the Seder Histalshalut descended into the physical plane and indeed fell, becoming enclosed in the physical dimension of Lavan, cannot be drawn down from its source to elevate through man's own efforts. It's understood that the refining of the lowest sparks which were waiting for refinement, which would manifest through the refining work of Jacob's divine service during his years in Haran, would not be elevated through this divine service of Jacob, as this was a service of an arousal from below, man's own spiritual efforts. Only when Lovan, whose source is supernal light, chased after Jacob to bring him, so to speak, these leftover sparks, these letters, was the origin of loven concealed in Lovan below, revealed through Jacob, This then led to the event of Lavan rising the next morning and kissing his sons and daughters and blessing them. And as the Torah then tells us, Lavan went and returned to his place. This is then followed by the words, and Yaakov went on his way. The imminent intention of the verses is that the supernal whiteness that descended below, becoming trapped in Lavan, chased after Jacob, who could then redeem and elevated to its source of sublime whiteness, referring to an abundant revelation of chesed, of divine kindness, drawn down below, represented by the kisses and the ultimate attachment breath to breath to each of Jacob's sons and daughters, to all of Israel. Herein is the connection of love on rising early, and kissing each of Jacob's sons and daughters, and Jacob then going on his way, for on his way to the land of Israel, Jacob encounters and wrestles with the ministering angel of Asav, doing the work of redeeming the sparks of Asav. And he did this, having been empowered by the sublime whiteness, the source of divine kindness revealed in Lavan. Accordingly, we understand the connection between, and Jacob went on his way in our Torah portion, and the divine service of a Jew, of every Jew, as he journeys from the month of Tishrei to the service of his year ahead. After the days of inspiration and intensive prayer in the month of Elul, In the days of Slichos, and particularly in the ten days of repentance between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, during which a Jew arouses and draws down whatever he can with his own efforts, God responds with a flow of revelation of the sublime whiteness, hence the special white garments of the high priest in the temple on Yom Kippur, which symbolize the actual revelation of the sublime light of Einzoth on this holy day. The day upon which the essence of God's desire is reflected in the atonement granted by God, referred to as Keiras Balvanon, a cedar in Lebanon. Again, the root word white, Levanon, used to signify that on this day God whitens the sins of Israel. And the spiritual experience of kisses to his sons and daughters is the drawing of God's kindness to all the supernal visages, transforming the negative of the animal soul, which can be referred to as sons and daughters. And the effect is that the sins literally are transformed to merits. This is why immediately after Yom Kippur, when the sublime whiteness is drawn down, the work of Yaakov Halach Lidarko, Jacob going on his way, begins, taking full effect, essentially beginning in full force, after Tishrei after the full revelation of this divine sublime whiteness, the abundant revelation of divine kindness as it descends and is revealed in the festivals of Sukkot, Shemini Hatzaris, and Simchas Torah. All of these festivals serving as a source of strength for the service of Yaakov into the mundane work of one's life where we are to redeem and refine the sparks, that must be elevated to holiness through the service of masecha l'shem shamayim. And all your efforts should be for the sake of heaven and d'rachecha in all your ways you shall know him.